Hello and welcome to the final Sheffield Digital podcast of the year and of the decade. Uh, it's Mel and Chris here. Hi, Chris. Hello. Uh, we are without Ian Broom today as he's at home with the latest arrival to his family. So a big congratulations to him and his wife, Susie, and a big hello from all of us to the lovely Peggy Jean. Ian, we will do our very best not to mess things up, but no promises. <laughs> Leave him too much editing. <laughs> so uh, our guest today is James. James Taylor from Roaring Mouse PR. Uh, he's here to tell us about an exciting project he's just launched, and we'll be talking to him in a moment. But first of all, our thanks, as always, to Rebel Base Media, who allow us to use their podcasting studio in Sheffield Tech Parks, and this is where we're recording today. It's a dedicated podcasting studio for the city. Um, they also can provide production help, they run podcast meetups, they have a fantastic platform for hosting your podcast on and they're generally all round good people. So if you're thinking about doing a podcast or looking for somewhere to up your podcasting game, we recommend getting in touch with Rebel Base. So James, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Um, before we go into asking about your new project, we'd love to know a little bit more about you and about your company, Roaring Mouse PR. Potted History is called, isn't it? Potted History. Potted History. Um, well, um, I've been in the tech PR game for about 20 years. Um, you can probably divide my that, that time into three, you always get three thirds, but three thirds <laughs> of relatively equal length. So the first third was spent... Um, in London with big tech PR agencies, and I worked with a lot of uh, US-based multinationals, Sun Microsystems, Gartner, um, worked with some UK companies as well, bits of BT, as well as some Silicon Valley startups through that. Um, I relocated back to this part of the world, 2006, took a job with Experian. Um, I was just part of their corporate PR team when they went through IPO in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later went on to run the all of their PR for the credit, ser- credit services and decision analytics businesses before data and analytics were cool. Mm. Um, you know, really promoting those tools to banks, building societies, mm. telcos, anyone who needed data and analytics to make customer decisions. Um, and that was a fantastic experience. But I think what I missed there was something that I really enjoyed in the early stage of my career, which was working with startups. So I always enjoyed building companies and helping those companies to grow. Um, So set up Roaring Mouse Public Relations in 2012 um, as a vehicle for doing that. And we look after early stage technology businesses, mostly VC-backed B2B focused businesses. Um, And we help them, you know, raise their profile in a way that makes it easier for them to attract investment find new customers and win the war for talent. Are there any names that you can drop? So any uh, companies that we know locally that you're helping? So uh, we don't do too much business in Sheffield itself. I mean, our customers come from here, they're in everywhere, but we work with, um, we work with Big Change, which is part of Tech Nation's Future 50 program based up in Leeds. Um, we work with uh, an ISP that specializes in servicing the, uh, the small business market, small and medium-sized business market um, on the South Coast called Beaming. We work with a company in uh, Southampton that's called Sensei that uses um, AI to um, you know, analyze data coming from the industrial internet of things to spot when machines are going to fail in the future. So it's a nice mix of uh, fintech, cybersecurity, a uh, bit of clean tech, uh, telco. Yeah, I think that covers most of them. Yeah. 
That's a good list. That sounds really interesting. Thank you. Takes me back to my tech PR days, which were a very long time ago. (laughs) So your new project is called Startup Scale, and it's something a bit different from the usual Startup Scale Up programs that we're familiar with. So tell us about it and how it's going to work. So, yeah, Startup Scale is, we're calling it an experiment. You know, it was in one of the... uh, uh, the local business titles a week or two ago, it was referred to as an accelerator. And we've kind of steered a clear of that because I don't think it's a classic accelerator, but it has elements of an accelerator, but it also has elements of a reality TV show as well. So it is an experiment. Um, you know, our skills are in taking companies, you know, making them famous. So helping them communicate through traditional earned media, owned media, social media in order to kind of further their goals. Um, and, you know, as we do that mainly for early stage businesses, but perhaps a little bit further along in the life cycle, perhaps once they've raised funding. Um, but as a result of doing that, we've got kind of an extensive network of people who you know, advise technology companies, have built technology companies, have exited technology companies. And what we are looking to do with Startup Scale is kind of bring those two elements together, you know, work with a, you know, a, a bunch of very early stage technology businesses um, provide them with access to expert mentors, exclusive networking, as well as telling their stories. So we're going to document them over the next two years. We're going to put that stuff on YouTube. We're going to have a podcast series. We're going to produce a documentary film at the end of it and really show what it's like to be an entrepreneur, what it's like to start and expand a technology business and you know, try and help them out along the way with a bit of support and education. So when you say really early stage, what kind of stage are those businesses going to be at? So we've got some guidelines as to what we'd like to see. I think by really early stage, you know, perhaps seed stage, pre-seed stage, um, maybe you've got a founder, maybe they've got a very small team, but it's 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 probably companies up to about two years age, two years old, um, you know, really at that formative stage. Mm. And then we'll follow them, we'll support them, we'll help them out over the next two years to see, you know, what happens happens to them. So there's no hard and fast rule, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking around kind of seed stage, pre-seed stage, um, you know, that very early, early stage in the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, it yeah. sounds great. I, I love this idea of documenting them as, as you go along and kind of adding that reality TV element. I think that's... Uh, gives people an opportunity to have a real insight into the highs and lows of being on that kind of a program and dealing with the day-to-day and relating to mentors and all that kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. What was your motivation in, in doing it and doing it this way? Um, well, there's a couple of things, really. I think, you know, I, you know, I founded Roaring Mouse in 2012 and, you know, we've been fortunate to still be here and have a little bit of success along the way and I think I've always been very grateful to the people who you know were very generous with their time and helped us out and you know guided us in you know we're still fairly young but in those very early stages and you know what we want to do is perhaps give something back to you know we're based just down the road in Chesterfield we want to give something back to kind of the communities in which you know our people come from and where we're operating. So that's part of it. Um, the second part of it is that, you know, if we can take some companies, we can help them grow. Um, you know, it may be at some point down the road. Um, 
you know, they will, you know, think of us fondly and yeah. maybe we can work with them and recommend us something else. But I think that whole idea of giving something back, that serendipitous piece is the main driver. If we at some stage can work with these later down the road or, you know, even just contribute to the kind of the expansion of the ecosystem, get Sheffield more recognised as a place mm -hmm. where technology businesses can thrive, then, you know, hopefully there may be a, a commercial opportunity for us at some point. But as I was going to say, the main driver is just that, you know, giving something back and that that idea of serendipity because I'm a big believer in that. Okay. So is it um, specifically Sheffield or, you know, South Yorkshire regional companies? Um, I know you're working with Collider. Uh, are you looking to attract companies from all over to be part of this programme or is it really Indigenous startups that you're looking for? So Collider are hosting the project and we're very, very grateful to mm. them for that. Um, this is open to businesses from across the north of England and also perhaps in the North Midlands as well. Okay. But you know, it's for northern startups. Um, right. It's going to be hosted in Sheffield mm -hmm. um, at Collider, but this is open to businesses from Manchester, from anywhere in the north of England. Um, yeah, we're not, we're not going to be... Uh, okay, and those startups need to relocate? No, not at all. I mean... You know, it'd be fantastic if some of them may want to, but no, this is this. You know, we're going to be helping out businesses in Sheffield for sure, and we've had applications from businesses in Sheffield. Um, but you know, the the time commitment is it's they're going to have to come to Sheffield probably once a quarter, okay, um, to kind of take part in the mentoring, the education piece, to kind of you know discuss the challenges they have with us and the other kind of experts that we're going to bring into the room. Yeah, um, and then you're going to go to them to film them and sort of. Potentially, absolutely. We, we'd like, to, yeah. We we're gonna most of the filming, I imagine, will be done on that day. Okay. Um, and then we may send, you know, a podcast crew to their offices. Yeah. You know, we, we, you know, we're kind of not making it up as we go along. Sure. But that it's 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 but, it's the first time we've done this. Yeah. But I imagine that we're gonna go. We'll, we'll go and see companies. We're gonna try and do as much as possible hmm. where we are. We're gonna try and get those guys providing us with footage, maybe video diaries, that mm -hmm. kind of okay. thing. But yeah, well, I guess you want to see them in their natural habitat. Kind of abso thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's a two-year programme? Yes. So um, starting in January 2020, um, and we'd like to get to the point that by January 2022, um, to see some of them go on to much bigger, greater things, see them f survive, thrive, flourish, yeah. scale up. I think the reality is is that some may not, some may have to may may, mm -hmm. may pivot, may change, and some you know sadly will probably be lost along the way. Yeah. But you know, really, what we want to do is see if over a couple of years we can meaningfully influence the chances of these businesses being strong and scalable. Mm -hmm. You know, going going global, going global, and mm -hmm. making a real impact on the world, and give them a really good start in life. So it's a bit like a, a sort of venture portfolio for you as well, where. You know, it's like quite a few of your startups aren't going to pan out, but a few of them might make it big. And, you know, hopefully you'd want to do the programme again if, if it's successful in that way. So is, is two years what you consider to be enough time to figure that out? Are you looking to stagger it so that you start another cohort in a year's time and run them in parallel or...? We'll see. Okay. Uh, and yeah. it is an experiment, Chris. I know, I know. I'm just getting ahead of yeah, at, the, at the moment... Just spitballing here, yeah. it's, it's a very good idea. We should think about that. I think what, at the moment, you know, my... You know, I, I can't really see past the 20th of December right now okay. because that's the deadline for getting applications ah. in for people to be part of the programme. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd love this to be hugely successful. I'd love to see people, businesses that come in through the first cohort go on to do bigger, better things. 
Um, and if it's if it's a success, absolutely, let's let's do this again. Um, quite how we do it again, or when we start it again, I don't know. But yeah. we, we, you know, it's something we should think about. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you to anything. <laughs> so, James, you mentioned that the deadline for applications is December the twentieth. So, I've got two questions. The one is, how do people apply? But the second thing is, if someone's listening to this after December the twentieth, is it still worth them getting in touch? Yes. Or, yeah. So the, the way they apply is they can go to our website, which is startupscale.co.uk. Um, there are detail, all the details they need is there. Um, that will link through to, there's a blog there, or there's a blog actually on the Roaring Mouse website, but you can click through to that and that will detail the stuff we need. And basically they need to send us an email. It's probably no more than four or 500 words, just telling us a little bit more about themselves, their founding team, the size of the prize they're chasing, you know, what's the difference they want to make in the world. Um, ideally by the 20th of December, you know what, I'm probably not going to be reading too many emails over Christmas. So if it comes in by the 31st, as long as we've got a list Careful. to choose from by the, uh, you know, by, by the start of January, because in the beginning of January, I'm going to be sitting down with, um, some of the other people involved in organizing this, um, to filter through those and pick the ones that we think have got the greatest potential and the ones that we'd like to kind of invite in for, uh, you know, for our first session. And how many hopefuls are you hoping to select for this go round we have said at this point that you know we can probably find room for up to about 20 oh right um it's probably going to be very difficult and this is why i hesitated at chris's question earlier about going to their offices it's going to be very difficult to spend time going across the whole north of england to meet these guys on a regular basis but yeah i think there's room for 20 um over time, we hope to be able to identify the ones in there that are kind of going greatest guns. And perhaps we will focus the documentary element of it more towards those guys. Um, the podcast, however, you know, there's plenty of room there to kind of, you know, explore these stories much more widely. Mm. So yeah, up to 20, you know, I don't want to commit too much to a number just because we don't get too many applications through. But the, yeah, up, up to 20, probably a minimum of five. Yeah. That's great. So go for it, people, because I think it sounds like a really interesting thing to get yeah. involved in. And it's it's a bit different from a lot of the other startup scale up projects that we see. Um, and I love I love the multimedia thing and I love the the extra storytelling that comes in, because so often you see that these uh, competitions launch, you know, and then you see who gets to go on it and then you don't hear anything until they get spat out the other end and either they're a success or they're not. So to hear about what's going on along the way and to hear from the companies themselves who are involved, what they're learning, what the experience is like, I think that will add a real dimension to it that we're missing at the moment. And I think that combination of the, the mentoring, the education, the, 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 the opportunities for participants to network not only with experienced founders who've been there and done that and come out the other side, but also the other people who participate in the program. Um, I think the, uh, that combined with the documentary TV and podcast series is, I, I think it's unique. I've, I've struggled to find any, I've struggled to find evidence of anyone doing something similar mm. elsewhere, although this does borrow elements of other stuff, yeah. but I think as a package, I don't think anyone else is doing anything like this. Mm. Um, well, interesting. Certainly not over the kind of time scale that we're looking at, because actually two years will probably 
fly by in a, a blink of an eye, but actually it is a meaningful amount of time to kind of mm. in, in the development of, a, of an early stage company. And we'll really see over that time whether we can make a difference. Yeah, and whether you have an engaged audience that is, you know, consuming all you know, the, the, the video and the podcasts and, and keeping up to date with what these startups are doing. I think it's a really interesting one from a, I know you said it isn't an accelerator, but in terms of, you know, how you can provide support and how you as a PR company can provide support. Um, obviously you're using your skill set and, and providing something that, that um, a lot of time doesn't get that much prominence. I mean, obviously startups that join accelerators and, and incubators, um, you know, they, they get business services, they may get funding, um, they, you know, get some, networking and promotions but this is a different thing this is this is to reach a different kind of audience so kind of you know they're, they're not getting some of the things that they might think they really need but they're actually getting something that is probably undervalued and 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 under pursued by companies that are more focused on you know funding and revenue and team and, and these kind of things i mean the experts we're getting in the room so one one of the people who's very kindly going to volunteer some time and to, to do this is a lady called Anami Ress, who's a, a client of ours that, you know, was part of the mm. team that built out Skype, eBay, um, PayPal. Yes, and she was, she's and, very well known. Uh, absolutely. And she's going to come in and talk about that kind of team element. And it may be that, you know, if you were to hire Anami, these are, you know, at this stage in their life, you know, they may not have the money to get that kind of mm. expertise yeah. in. But you know what, it's at this very formative stage, we're thinking about things like, HR processes, how you put a talent pipeline in place, how you make your startup a magnet for talent um, and attract the kind of people you need to grow. These are massive issues. And so that that educational, that mentorship, I think it really does, it does some aspects of that. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to be working with Campus Capital as well. Mm -hmm. um, and they do a lot of work around education and helping, and, and really they can help with these companies to help them kind of understand how do they access VC? Because yeah. I think that is a, a real complex area. So that yeah. educational bit hopefully will give them a leg up. The storytelling element, which is probably what I'm mostly passionate about, I think it provides an insight into these companies. Hopefully it will, again, give them a leg up. It will certainly give them some content they can share through sure. their own channels. But I think people care about people. You know, that yeah. storytelling element, people are going to really kind of, they're going to be invested in the success of these companies. Hopefully it will help them attract Know, talent, customers, yeah. investment. Well, it extends the, the the likelihood that they're going to find a connection that's really valuable to them because you know it's difficult to gain attention. And if, if you're doing something to help these companies, you know, shine the focus on these companies to a broader audience, um, they're more likely to get the support they need from other people. Yeah, and I think the other the other element that we are keen on is the fact that if you've not founded a technology company if you're not founded a company you probably don't know yeah. quite how hard it is yeah um and seeing a kind of not quite an unvarnished view but a what do we would call an authentic mm. view of that you know we're not going to be pulling any punches in terms of you know this is hard you know the you know what a, comp a lot of companies will put out into the outside world is you know a very polished view of what they're doing but actually what we do is get kind of under mm. the skin mm. tell these stories in a way that shows the reality mm. Um, you know, it may inspire some people to do it. It may put some other people off. But I think what it's a case of is showing that actually this is hard work. This is what goes into starting a technology company. Um, and really that you know, when we come to the end of it, we'll be able to see back and actually kind of go on the journey with some of these founders and, and see what they've had to put in to make their companies a success. Yeah, you get, I mean, there are different kinds of technology startup and different kinds of technology company depending on 
the experience of the founders or the, or the partners. So quite often you have a company that's founded by someone in a particular market vertical that sees an opportunity to bring technology in where it doesn't currently exist or doesn't exist in the way that it could. And they can see the marketplace, they have all the contacts, they have, you know, they have the vision, but they have no means of implementing it. And so they're kind of at the mercy of the technical implementation that they can afford or, you know, because they don't really know what questions to ask or how to go about it. And then you've got founders who are technical founders that are trying to disrupt a, a new market and they know a lot about the technology and how to deploy it, but they need someone to, put to, to do their business development for them because they don't know the market very well. They see this opportunity. And, you, and then you have um, you know, startups where you have that combination, either in a single person, which is kind of rare, but um, in a partnership or you know, someone's found a co-founder either on the business development side or on the technical side that they really trust and can work with. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see this cohort and to identify what kind of startup they are and where they're coming from and what they're trying to do and whether they have the you know, the internal experience and knowledge to be able to get the thing done that they need to. And I think for that for that very reason, I think we're looking to kind of bring in a diverse cohort. So we want this to kind of represent perhaps a range of different types of technology company, a range of different types of founder. You know, we'd love to have founders on the, on the project that are, you know, doing it for the first time in their early 20s. Mm. We'd also love to have founders on the project who are doing it for the second time, the third time, <laughs> who've, you know, mm. been there and uh, done it already. And it would be interesting to see that. And I think the opportunity for, you know, different founders going through the program to kind of compare notes, mm. rub along, kind mm. of that peer networking, peer-to-peer networking, I think is going to be a really interesting mm. dynamic. Um, because, you know, when you're building a company, you know, being able to share some of the problems you have with other people going through the same problems will be, I think, really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, this will be, I think this has got the greatest potential if it can be reflective of the kind of the the diversity that exists when it comes to starting technology companies and, and all the different varieties that there are. You've mentioned the, the D word, diversity, a few times. And obviously, one of the things that people are very interested in paying attention to at the moment is encouraging more women and people from less obvious backgrounds to start up companies. Is there anything particular that you're going to do around that or anything that you would like to do around that? I think the project is open to all. So we are encouraging, you know, applications from far and wide. Now, when I look at the challenge of diversity, I think there is many different types of diversity, you know, right through to kind of diversity of thought and kind of role and stuff like that. So what we, we, you know, we want to make sure that this is reflective of you know, the community that exists. Um, and, you know, we are encouraging applications from, you know, across the north of England. Um, and we want to make sure that this kind of completely reflects that, you know, I think, you know, uh, when you, I think diversity is a big issue in the technology industry. No one wants to see a kind of a replication of bro culture. Um, and I'm very determined that this isn't going to be a whole bunch of startup bros, you know, in a room that we're focusing over two Lots years. Lots of beer and pizza. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll probably not be too much beer and pizza. But I think, yeah, we, yeah, we, we it's open to all. Um, and, you know, when we look at the kind of the cohort, we will, we will work as hard as we can to make sure that it is reflective of the kind of the, the society in which we operate. Mm. I guess part of that is the networks that you put the messaging out to apply. So, um. so 
What do you think about the local startup and scale-up scene, can't speak this morning, in general? So I'm not sure I'm the best person to answer that, in part because, you know, although we're based just down the road, um, our customers, you know, we we have done way more business with companies in London, Berlin and San Francisco than we have in Sheffield. So, you know, it's a difficult one for me to answer. What I observe is I feel that it's... I think it's something that's growing. I think there's something that's a bit of momentum behind it. I certainly get the impression that, you know, what's happening in Sheffield and the kind of digital digital scene in Sheffield is much more open and welcoming now. And I think don't underestimate the work that you guys are doing in pulling all those different strands together because you don't have a scene if it's a bunch of different stuff happening in isolation. So I think you know, the work of Sheffield Digital in pulling all those strands together is, I think, huge in creating that sense of a scene. But I do think it's definitely building momentum. Um, yeah. So if we can dig into your PR expertise for a little <laughs> bit, what, what more do you think we can do as a city and as a city region to shout to the world that this is a place where there is a really strong tech cluster and, and interesting stuff going on? I think if any, I mean, let's be honest, it's not just Sheffield that's trying to do this. It's a very competitive (laughs) landscape we're going to be in. Um, If I was advising any location, just like any business, I think the first thing you've got to do is sit down and say, what is it that we do better than anybody else? What is it that makes us special? What are our unfair advantages, our unique points of differentiation, all that kind of stuff? Because, you know, Sheffield is not going to have a thriving digital cluster by trying to mimic what's happening in Silicon Valley or mm. East London or anywhere else. It just has to be something that's unique to here. Um, but then it's a case of crafting the narrative. It's what is the compelling narrative? What's the story of Sheffield that people can get behind? You know, what's, you know, we talked a little bit about what makes it unique and um, special, you know, take that message, wrap it up in a bigger narrative about what's happening in Sheffield. And then you make it live. You, you tap into the desire of people to see what other people are doing, those powerful human stories of, of success, struggle, innovation that are happening all around us um, and use them to inspire and um, yeah, encourage and kind of attract people from outside, encourage people to do stuff here. I think in part that's what we're trying to do with Startup Scale is it's to tell some of those stories because it's the human stories that people grab onto. And then, you know, once you've got those stories, once you've got your message, it's about banging the drum hard enough and regularly enough so that, you know, those stories land with impact and people will, will come over time to recognise it for what it is. That's brilliant. That's some really great advice to close on, I think. Thank you very <laughs> much nice, indeed. <laughs> it's nice to hear because, you know, we'll talk about kind of looking back on this year a bit later on, but... Uh, that really reflects the strategy in our journey over the last 12 months as well in trying to um, determine what those specialisms are and reach out further than just the city, but also to local stakeholders and policymakers and get them bought into, you know, the same vision of where we've come from and where we could get to. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you very much. Thanks, James.